2: Not the Covid cast, this is the Creep Dive And we are here to distract you with hideous stories that are far worse than anyone's reality, we promise
0: Yeah, It's great to be here That is our cell line for this couple of weeks Let us remind you that the world has always been fucked And it could always be worse
2: Always Except if you're currently literally on fire In that case, you might have won um I want to say thanks to the people getting in touch like Emer Brown and loads of other names that aren't just they're just not springing to mind but lots of people have been sending lovely thank you messages saying thanks for keeping on creeping on because Apara we're helping people and their heads and their anxiety at yeah, the time. Yeah we got so at the
0: many lovely messages this week um a lot from people who were, were working in the health uh, sector as well saying that um it's really stressful out there. And being reminded of how stressed
2: other people are through our creepy stories helps. And I suppose because we just have this bit of corner of a internet, we'd say a big thank you to everyone who's doing frontline work at the moment. Like thanks a million to the postmen who are still delivering post because mm. virtual suck offs to each and every virtual one of them. yeah, here mm-hmm. we go. Let's all mm. just do a quick in close Thank you. There you go, so thank guys. You that's a little fluffer from us to you. You're doing, I don't know why I singled out the postman because I ordered some fairly non-essential items and I'd really like to receive them. It's just, you know, look, it's all about people have different pandemic. levels. People have different levels of essential items. Exactly. And, that's and fair. A- anyone who's self-isolating with small children know that Bluetooth headphones are actually probably are an essential. completely and utterly Thank you. essential. back um, you up on that one. Thank you. Yeah,
0: as is all the, a lot of people reaching out to me. I feel like this is this is my time in the sun. So many people are reaching out to me for crafting ideas <gasps> and bread recipes. And I have been waiting for this moment
2: for <laughs> 30 years. You're like, uh, you know, there's um, the kind of the preppers like the the end of days preppers you were a prepper for years getting ready just by
0: being my natural uncool self and now it's flipped and all of a sudden all the great things i've been practicing at home alone all the time people are suddenly interested in
2: you are right bang on trend finally it only took the two decades
0: i had a bopping group chat about embroidery last night I've seen people looking for crochet patterns, been talking to people about fresh yeast. Oh, I'm just. <laughs> oh, God,
3: I can't believe we're, we're only like we're only l- over a week into this and already.
0: I'm cool. <laughs> You're cool. She,
3: <laughs> Don't matter of time,
2: Sophie. She's waited long enough. Jen, you know that you and I peaked in 1997 absolutely true look it's a rare person who is cool at 13 and it was jen o'dwyer and me just by association i just rode your coattails
0: that's totally right i really did peak at 13
2: (laughs) but like it's a real intense. but like
0: mentally you haven't developed much further so you must be still
2: she's still peaking you're still still on
0: rotten.com
2: living my own person
3: no we're creating our own rotten.com now
2: i'm living my ultimate fantasy um speaking of does anyone have any creeps
0: loads excellent i have a very small one um it's just it's an interesting kind of factoid that i learned this week um so do you ever see those videos on youtube or facebook or instagram by five minute crafts yes And they're like ridiculous nonsense life hacks and shit. And like, oh, yeah, they're awful, right? The worst. But the company who owns Five Minute Crafts is a publishing company called The Soul Publishing. It's actually the third most, last year was the third most profitable media entertainment company in the world, just outranked by Disney and Warner. It has something like Five Minutes Crafts is like the fifth most popular channel on all of YouTube. I have some facts here for you. It um it is basically like uh they have they have like already they've amassed like two point six billion hits across their different channels. Um They've something like 1500 different Facebook pages. It's just one of these like content farms, right? Yeah. Um but
2: Do they basi- have like a porn arm cast cuz that could be how they're doing it, you know.
3: Nah, no, 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 a, a like a 5 minute come tra- yeah. crafting. No, like their think?
0: money their money is coming from these ridiculous craft quick videos. So when you're not familiar with them, they're basically like 30 second videos. Um that were they're, they're square and they like sometimes they make food they like microwavable cupcakes all that kind of shit oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the make your,
3: turn your uh, there, was a, there was a brilliant one of uh it was an underwear turning your underwear into different uh, items of clothing and i think she got down to <laughs> to uh, having a pair of knickers and like t- using the wrist or the waistband of the knickers as like a, a decorative arm yeah like I they re- do the same thing
0: there's this one that i watched today in research and it was like basically putting butter on your runners and putting them in the freezer will magically get the <gasps> creases out of the leather like just stuff that does not work anyway so for the last couple of months because they're because they're um content am i frozen now am i still here no. uh huh? because they're they're content is so outrageous. It really pisses off people, like actual creators on YouTube and um, proper kind of short form content makers. So there's this, you know, rise of people calling out these videos and like challenging them and trying to do them and recreate them and showing how shit they are and they're just a very entertaining to watch (laughs) and then sometimes they offer an alternative to how you actually would solve the problem that they're proposing in the original video but anyway I got really invested in these, like, calling out videos because they, they were just good crack. And they sound way
2: better than the original. They're so
0: good. Highly recommend. There's one woman, an Australian woman, who is like a personal vendetta against 5-Minute Crafts called <laughs> Anne. Anne Reardon is her name. And it's called How to Cook That was her original channel. And she just calls them out there. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway. Oh, Anne. I love turns, I have so
2: much time for people who are ready to really go the distance like with the petty really, grievance
0: take it down right so like these the guys who own five minute crafts they also own something called the bright side one two three go uh seven second riddles like you'd start recognizing all their little things right um 50 facebook pages over 100 youtube channels 2700 videos produced every month they're producing content in 18 different languages all the same kind of fucking shite right (laughs) turns out turns these guys are a big massive russian content factory operating out of the ukraine run by two Ru- russian nationals um sorry operating out of cyprus not the ukraine Um, they've u.s operations in in a shared office in new york uh they're making fucking tens of millions of dollars every year but other than these craft videos these five minute crafts they've started running these mad political videos across their channels about how russia is going to take over the world and by how in 2099 you know America's not going to exist um so they're going to change their they're going to ultimately use
3: this incredibly big platform for political
2: kind of like they're just or were they through the success of five minute crafts were they like okay so the general population is way stupider than we thought
0: yeah 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 Let's we're just gonna switch start to political these propaganda <laughs> yeah
2: and capitalize yeah. on these stupos that's my new Why? word for basically
0: what we learned with my history special topic Cambridge Analytica oh yeah was that once you have a once you have a platform, once you have, um, like, if you think of a Facebook page as your kind of uh, vehicle, right, mm. you can put off your regular content with that. But you, you, I don't know if you still can, but you used to, and this is what Cambridge Analytica got in trouble for, you could run dark ads. So basically, they were where you used to have to run ads that would appear on your timeline. You can now go into the back end or used to be able to go into the back end of Facebook into the ads manager and run an ad that would um, appear in sponsored post positions from your page, but not necessarily appear in your timeline to your followers. So Ah. it didn't really have to be connected, but you could yeah, again, like you could assess the behaviors of your audience and then put out these political ads that are basically convincing people that Russia is taking over the world. I just thought. It is just
2: so sinister. To exploit craft.
0: (laughs) To exploit craft. To show that the world has a great interest in crafting. But then. To
2: pull the rug out from under you. A susceptibility to believe this massive. (laughs) Directly out. (laughs) (laughs) Those Um, crafty fuckers. Yeah. so Uh, Russia
0: again. There's some questions being raised here. So there's an article on lawfare. Which is like a. It hasn't really broken into the mainstream yet. Um, I don't think they've done anything that's been particularly... They haven't been connected to anything. They haven't been connected to anything as bad as Cambridge Analytica yet. But um, I reckon there's probably going to be some link between the two. Uh, but yeah, you heard it here just, first. There you go. On there's next, just something Cassie interesting. Cassie
2: Delaney's ca- Craft info wars.
0: It is true. It's like
3: uh, the
2: crafting is sort of
3: like, what's the word for when you're sort of, um, you're one of those pedos and you're trying to get a kid on side. Grooming.
2: Yes. Grooming. So g-
3: crafting is a kind of a grooming method mm. for yeah. a, to kind of women in their 30s, late 20s to mid 30s. And but it's, onwards. yeah,
0: but it's the kind <laughs> it's of, it's irresistible. short form jaunty music light content it's the same way that like Cambridge Analytica got people with the personality quiz Mm. whereas these are like the you know very very quick they used to be 15 second kind of pieces like tasty this is the format of tasty videos yeah um so they kind of take what's popular and exploit it What
3: uh, this I spend my days just looking for I call it in my head. I call it safe stuff. So it's like calming YouTube content easy to forget this week. Well, I've been two weeks deep in this upset. I I can't find myself watching the videos of this of this thing. And and I keep catching myself going. Why am I why am I still watching this? So what it is is and then I and then I find myself on Tattle. You know that website? Yes. And to get to, there's a whole <laughs> fucking thing going on with this
2: family. So I it's love a family. that you say I found myself on Tattle. <laughs> when we know full juice. well that you've never left, you went there some years ago, <laughs> and that is where members. you dwell. It's true.
3: It's true. <laughs> I'm just a moderate. I'm a mod for Tattle. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so anyway, I was watching them, and I was like, okay, this. I initially thought you mentioned this to me, Sophie, a while ago. A family of ten children, Iceland. They're in. T- Iceland.
1: yeah. Just the um, Get
3: the fuck out of here, right? So, this has been served up heavily to me. It's uh, and every day I'm on my phone, the same uh, one of their videos is served up every single day to me. It's a really like persistent camp. Whatever it is, I'm in their catchment. Yeah. So, anyway, I was just like, so anyway, I'd never gone looking, but I was watching it saying, oh, so, so I remember Sophie telling me about this family. And oh, uh, I know I what started you're about to have discovered. From the beginning. Okay. Go so, on here's the family they lure Mother you and in father a father seems a little bit older looks yes. a bit strange always in, of in the background of videos.
0: hair kind of yeah. a younger oh. gandalf
3: maybe gandalf in his 50s yeah so you're like just give me a look at that guy but they keep sort of he, he, like swiping away from him at speed so you're like oh yeah what are you trying to have he been
0: holding them captive
3: well they have 10 children so it's possible but she is like the, the kids are so aged from
2: like toddler nine months old to, to a 20. man there's a man yeah. child who's just always on the there. edge of these videos and let me tell you more. they all dress alike that's important so she only is a she uniform
3: you, she will tell you there's a like cv she does for each of her children so she sits one at a time down with her and they have a whole video each and it's like what they're good at, their favorite color, all this bullshit. So the children all have <laughs> long hair. They're not allowed wear color, which is kind of funny. Oh, so it's it's white T-shirt, blue jeans. There's some pink I would for fit the girl in babies. really well. You look the part. Some pink for the girl. They are currently in this kind of amazing. Your hair is too in dark. In Reykjavik.
0: Oh, are they all blonde? Yeah, they're, they're all Scandies. Mm. Oh, Hitler's, Hitler's wet sadly, dream kind of.
3: Oh, massively. Oh, but wait. He wouldn't but like. Oh yeah. Wait. Okay, go on, Jen. So she must have started. She the eldest is twenty. Mm. He's moved out. He got <gasps> married at he? eighteen. Oh. Who has a separate YouTube uh, channel? They're Ooh. like they're they're good looking family. So ah, um, uh, but there's something
2: off though.
3: Well, that's what everyone was saying on the tattle group. So I was finding myself watching more. Then I was watching. They're all vegans, and I was like, all right, that kind of fits the branding. Uh, they have a lot of instruments. Uh, The house is very, uh, very minimal. So I was like, what's going on here? Where's all the fucking stuff? I have a small family and maximum shit. So anyway, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, so your oldest is 20, youngest nine months old. And she must have started having babies, from my calculation, in her early 20s, maybe 19. With the same guy, her husband, Paul. So everything... They're in it, they spend some time she's Australian then they move to Finland which is where they are now they speak Finnish and English which makes for this kind of whatever clicky English accent it's just so it's like uh, what's that guy out of Lord of the Rings with the ears don't know um, Elfin kind of vibes and they kind of sing song calming but it feels so contrived and it is it's all of these videos arrived onto the same YouTube channel with this high production values, uh, lovely, kind of, f- lovely considered edits. It's all of a very high spec. They all arrived onto the channel at the
2: same time, though. So we
1: weird. It just feel it's exactly. not a
2: vlog. Like, no, it's I, pretending I to be.
3: Ha- I believe that she did have some sort of blog before, but nobody on my tattle uh, form could work out, w- like, where it kind of began it all just appeared to arrive in one spot all the kids have iPhones uh, iPads that so they all are online and seemingly tech savvy they're all homeschooled as well uh, so I was like what the fuck is this I'm totally intrigued I need to know more so I go on to tattle and I'm getting a bit of background and then I'm reading like oh uh, so the family are are not well after renting this house right and it's actually up for sale at the moment so I clicked into the link and I had a look at the house for sale 650 grand in Reykjavik beautiful house it's on beautiful
0: grounds
3: it's on a lake and everything they have loads of land and all this stuff so yeah but but desperately worry I mean they have a lot of children now for, for to be renting a home and your man, Paul, seems to be around a lot. So I don't know. And she's doing the home. I don't know. I was trying to like, where's the money coming in? Have you not but seen uh, any of the um,
2: episodes where they're in the van, Jen?
3: The travel You They don't was. live in a van. No, they went on holidays. Okay, yeah. But
2: she, uh, so what was I going to say? That's some of the most <sighs> stressful content that's on the internet. Is them on the holiday with, with all, like 10 kids in a, um, you know, van. in a caravan. In a high ace, oh, like they do their They're morning all enormous routine people. and ten
0: kids in a caravan.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: but
3: it's in sort of a in a kind of holier than thou kind of look at our lovely lives. We are so amazing. Look how we can make it work, and everything looks amazing. So I was like, then I started thinking, oh, I bet you social welfare is fucking amazing in Finland, and it is. So with that many kids, you're you're raking in quite a lot of money a month. So that's kind of seemingly that would be very beneficial, and considering you're sort of seeing their type of lifestyle, you're like, well, they're not blowing it on yeah. massive <laughs> stuff, raking in. Now. They've got their,
2: they've got a fair bit of work Fuck on their hands children. with kids. Yeah, yeah.
3: So it seems that Paul um, seems the dad seems to be losing his sight if it's not gone totally. Oh no. But then we got into, I got a, one of the tattle people got very in depth into Paul. So Paul's mother is a kind of traveling holy woman sort of um kind of you know traveling around the place and for the church yeah a high level of catholic priestess i'm not sure what the the actual term is but she's traveling around doing all this stuff kind of encouraging donations so there's a suggestion perhaps that the church is sort of funding this this family now
0: interesting there's
3: very little mention of god through the videos if ever there's a mention of reading the book Bible. and when she goes through her d- yeah the book or the big book or whatever they call it when she goes through the daily routine part of the daily routine is the kids spending time reading the book so you're like oh i get you this this is the, this is the gig but again you're like what the fuck so anyway paul the dad's mother the grandmother um high priestess of traveling catholicism floating around the place doing all the churchy business uh hoovering in loads of cash for it and i was like yeah whatever you know they're just doing their thing they don't need to tell us what they believe i'm just mm-hmm. here watching the white t-shirt brigade <laughs> flop around in front of me for no She's
2: fucking reason enjoying the minimalism
3: exactly it's kind of calming on some level it uh wait till tell you the kids names brilliant there's king james we got a nefertiti Wait, now, we got a Jerusalem. We've got a Shakespeare. I mean, they're really, I mean, I guess there's a lot of kids. Like, you're going to run out of names eventually. So henceforth, all of these kind of names. King James, I thought, one of the best. (laughs) Cleopatra. Coming at you. Hi, coming at you. All genuine names, but all kind of things that you're like, that's a lot to live up to. Nefertiti.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nefertiti was like the most beautiful woman in the world, wasn't she? I think so. I do believe. And then close second was Cleopatra.
3: Yeah. So everyone was kind of like, okay, fine, whatever. They're just doing their thing. Until some absolute, like, I don't know, this person was going through their videos like you wouldn't believe to find this. But then I myself went back through the same video and found the thing and then was like actually this is pretty obvious (gasps) so this is a thing i had never heard of before and what it is is a hand signal from the you know the white supremacists (gasps) so let me show you if i can we're doing a zoom if you're listening just to the audio we're also looking at each other on the screen but hang on i'll just put my hand in a situation So I can't, so it's, it spells W, it's like the OK signal. It spells W with the three fingers here and then P here, right? Yeah, white power. So I'm doing the OK fingers split. so white power. So apparently this upside down is their symbol, which I'd never heard of. So on just innocently, innocent enough, um, she was making a, a, a type of vegan, meat substitute speclaf or specatorium or speculum and um, so what it is is sort of it's so laborious it's this like tofu stuff that they continuously wash <laughs> until it turns into uh,
2: well, I cannot I mean you're saying beat. you could beat a cow to death with your bare hands and that would be less labor
3: absolutely fucking right the thing goes from about four kilos of what you think might feed a family of 10 to the size of an iphone and you're like well you wasted whatever that began at are you going to suggest that this is better
2: so anyway can i ask a this, question about the symbol yes. yeah does the symbol not remind you of something do you remember in school that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: that's in the s- other argument oh okay so, so you
2: tell you tell us the story then sorry so Cleopatra
3: the she's the third in the family she's uh, I think probably 17 like very tall lithe beautiful girl Uh, so she is kind of seems to be heading up a lot of the videos she's like her mom's second in command and they're I mean they seem nice so anyway she's doing all the washing of this tofu nonsense stuff and uh, she's washing and washing and then eventually the camera's just on her hands in this bowl. And then the mother, you can tell because she's narrating, is holding the camera and Cleopatra, the, the girl, is doing the washing. So it's her, Cleopatra's hands we're looking at. So eventually it's turning smaller and smaller and it's getting to its final destination of a... a crumb. I don't know, a crumb. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the mother says something like, And now we can see... That this becomes this sped that we will eat for our. And then there's a pause, and then the hand does this very exaggerated uh, white power symbol directly over, you know, in the middle of the screen. The whole screen is just the hand doing this. And then the mother goes, Stop it, Cleopatra. That's not acceptable. Stop it now. And then it just carries on as if nothing had happened. And so tat this person on Tattle Life was like, "What the fuck? Did anyone else not? How did nobody else see this?" So it apparently it happened again in the background of another group shot that yeah. I wasn't able to find, and there was no screenshots in the comment. But she said, "This is that white power symbol. This is that symbol." And everyone was like, "No, no, she's playing that game," which is a game we played in school too. It was like the circle game. So yeah, you just yeah, make a yeah. Circle where you do that, and then you have to hold it
2: under your waist or like below your waist. Yeah.
0: So
3: if somebody uh, notices it or what is it again so if you, you, you if can. someone if,
0: sees it You, if you direct someone's eyeline down to it you get to give them a thump
2: yeah but yeah. if they keep looking away from it and stick their fingers into the loop then you get to thump them I did not know that oh element of yes the game. it's true
3: <laughs> but there's something so so then everyone was like no that's ridiculous they're obviously just playing this game but when you look at the footage, it is so exaggerated and so perfectly Clearly. fingers s- splayed. Like the circle game, in my mind, is just about the circle. Yeah, creating the circle with your thumb and your yeah. finger. That is. It's not. It, there's no mention of the three fingers
2: splay. After splay. That. Yeah. So, so hold on. on. What hold on. are
0: they called again? Is it Tanya Lic- Licarda? Yeah.
2: Have you gotten
3: it up? Yes, that's it. it. Yeah.
0: Then they were just. They were in Ireland recently get the fuck yeah. out of here why are you they saying were that four months ago they have a video called ewoks in ireland why do they call themselves ewoks
3: i didn't watch that they went on a huge big trip um anyway so that's the i had a whole other creep but that just reminded me of my current <laughs> <creep>. <laughs> i thought
2: that uh, was a
3: creep no, oh, no but it can be but uh, that was
0: an accent off the cuff creep isn't it mad it's a mad
3: thing. I, like, I, I'll keep yeah. filling you in as more shit comes forward. But it very much feels as though we're, they're working us all towards something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. clear they, need a, they yeah. need a stream of income. And that's, that, this could be it. But it just feels off. And that sort of rings true. Even though they deny it. But also, it's also on the tattle thread. Then appears this person in classic tattle. It's clearly Tiana, the mother. She's like, I see nothing wrong under a different name. I yeah, see yeah. nothing wrong with this family. Lovely family, just living their life in a monochromatic way. How dare you all? And everyone's like, oh, hiya, Tiana. Um, this is clearly you here defending your family or whatever. But obviously these, you know, anyway, it's just kind of an interesting story about people we don't know, but I'm sure she might find this podcast in come out of with some
2: oh i look forward to that fury. yay thanks for bringing Best not her to of. us <laughs> yeah. it's so weird type. though because now we've like come to it so subie our friend was obsessed with them and she put me onto them and you remember i told you about them i think during a mother of pod like yeah. a year ago Mm-hmm. And uh, she's one of those ones that I thought was like just one of those kind of underground obsessions. No, not that underground. The videos have like 50,000 views and stuff like that. But anyway, I mean, I've gone off topic onto um, just a whole website just for YouTube mommy drama called ytmommadrama.com. <laughs> and there's like a forum just called <laughs> Tanya Licciardo Tiviola. All dressed in white, teeth too bright. Part three. (laughs) Oh my god! Obviously, the deep diving into this family is like not unique to just us. Like they just seem to invite in that session, and there's something about them, culty
0: about them. Like it, it's, it's okay. I'm calling it now. It's going to emerge. Not all ten children of those are (gasps) hers.
2: Cassie Delaney.
0: Who? So whose are they? I Did know they've been picked up? They've been picked up from somewhere. I need, a, I need to see a full family.
2: Or, exactly. Oh, I thought you were kind of suggesting they were kind of like, you know, just like making people with their own people. Maybe. Sorry. Why do I always have to make it even more hateful? Because
0: um, you go to the incest straight oh away. Yeah. Um, I can't hear anybody. I feel like they're all going to be uh, missing children um, who've just been brainwashed. She looks more terrifying than well than him.
2: He's rarely she on She gets camera. up at four
3: thirty every morning. With ten kids, I'd say, yeah, that's not that's like against her will. <laughs> the suggestion that she's sort of doing it <laughs> yeah. as a. decision
2: that she's made for her life but in a way she has sure i was exhausted watching the morning routine video like i couldn't watch it and like too intense oh yeah and when they did the morning routine video in the camper van i was just like "Uh, uh, uh, this This is like if they if they had if you had two screens and one was playing inception and one was playing interstellar that was the level of stress that that family morning routine was giving me
3: (laughs) <laughs> That's true There's also this Sideline kind of Thread that I sort of Started to get Corrupted by That the uh, That Cleopatra and Jerusalem The two eldest Boy and a girl uh, Are sort of Overly close
2: <gasps> And I was like Stop Was it a uh, user called At Soph underscore white Propagating that theory Why? Did you try and Did you say that as well? No I'm joking um, uh not on those forums Jen I love the way you keep so. being like So someone Not me Or anything But someone noticed the white Paris <laughs> symbol I know No it wasn't me okay, It definitely, definitely wasn't, wasn't me Because okay. I was like
3: I was having this experience saying What is going on here There's something strange about this family What is it And I was like Somebody else must have worked some shit out And of course it's The same Probably four people in the world Just churning out The <laughs> same <laughs> Your no day job just, com- just, you know, elbow deep in every YouTube conspiracy going. Just a bunch of that.
2: Anne Reardon's going after them. Exactly. Anne Reardon is the cupcake lady, or the craft lady. Um, what was he gonna say? Uh, do you ever yeah. post yeah. yourself on Tattle Life? No. Do, you've never done a, Hi guys, long time lurker, first time poster no no
3: and I I agree it's a terrible thing to do I shouldn't even be there in a background way it's bad but it's just you just sometimes you just need to feel like okay fine someone else feels the way I feel look we've all gotta live I'm on a move away
2: yeah whatever
0: it takes Um, sorry I think it's important to discuss the behaviour of what appears to be a very
2: culty inbred family (gasps) And Cassie's just (laughs) getting deeper and deeper the Covid is making her want to finally get us sued
0: i'm in i think i've, I've landed on the tattle life um thread but they that. are appear to be doomsday according to this thread they're sorry, doomsday homophobic uh so he is in fundamentalist in a
3: fundamentalist okay so sorry i forgot that so he thinks obviously the world's going to end uh any day now and i'm sure currently they're like She'd yeah here we delighted. go it's ending like we said it would it's like of course the world will end eventually like in the same way every single one of us will eventually die predicting not that at the is same fucking time finish, there's though. loads
0: of doomsdayers who are just like this is it mm-hmm. this is that's what's this so is, annoying the this is going be about them yeah that there's going to be this uh, second coming of but like the second co- coming of christ doesn't happen for another like 7 years after the plague or something so we just got to sit it out but like that's, that's all try. very loose there's uh, no need for them to be
2: smug because they wasted the good years just obsessing over this so exactly we have the last laugh fuck you doomsdayers fuck you
3: virgins and <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Frigids>. uh, <laughs>
2: Um, Sophie I, what do you got for us I've got a creep but um, let's go it's uh, okay I spent a long time on this uh, Buzzfeed headline so you'd think it would be better I've got the it? most dangerous game nice okay mm, so Ish. after I tell the story you'll be like wow that was clever on several levels but it's a stupid headline for upfront because it's not in any way enticing is it? Well, we will allow it. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, so my story is about Rodrigo Bucuar, Uh Born, that was the first of many names that this guy adopted, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> so he was born in Texas in the early 40s and he had two sisters, uh, obviously a mom and a dad. They're kind of a requisite for being born. And... Um, they moved to Mexico when he was a toddler and that is when his dad just aced right out of there as saws, dads do. No, no. Sorry, sorry. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good dads out there. Um, and if you know any, <laughs> let us know. I'm joking. Guys! <laughs> God, look. Oh, look who's back now. Look who's back, Shingleton, with your feelings. And a minute ago, you were just accusing the stranger family of incest. <laughs>
0: True. (laughs) I also have no dealings with men
2: whatsoever. So I'm not one to stand up for them.
1: You have a a lovely dad
2: and you have millions of brothers. I have a lovely
0: dad. You have a lovely dad.
2: Okay, so obviously dad is uh, just gone. Uh, When um, Rodrigo and his mom and his sisters moved to L.A. when he's 11. And so from there, he pretty much grew up in L.A. Um, until his late teens when he joined the US Army and served as a clerk but he ran into a bit of bother in the army um, when he like they described it since so the early 60s and they described it as ha- him having a nervous breakdown Um, mm. I don't know if just like going AWOL and hitchhiking back home actually warrants like the moniker of Nervous Breakdown because, uh, to my mind, of course you would want to go AWOL if you were in the army. I would definitely want to run away from the army. And it definitely wouldn't be a like, sign of mental illness to just not want to be in the fucking army anymore. But anyway, he was, um, he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder by a military right. psychiatrist. And they discharged him. Because he didn't want to be there and they didn't want him there. So... After the army, he did what many folk with probably undiagnosed antisocial personality disorder do. And he went to art college. Yay! So he went to the UCLA School of Fine Art and he studied film under none other than Roman Polanski. (gasps) I know. And... We'll actually come back to Polanski in a bit of a weird coincidence later. But I hate that fucking asshole. I know. And uh, he uh, basically prepped this asshole for a life of assholery. So we can blame, blame Polanski for more stuff. We can blame Polanski for probably a bit of what came next with Rodrigo. Sorry, I just want to say Rodrigo in that voice all the time. Okay, so he... Um, In the late 60s, he committed his first crime. Rodrigo did. Um, He was reported to police after a driver saw Rodrigo lure an eight-year-old girl into his apartment in Hollywood. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, the, the police were alerted and the girl was found alive. But she had been savagely beaten and he had raped her.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. And he'd fled.
2: Oh God. Now they had like an ID on him and an arrest warrant. But he Oh, I know this cunt. Yeah, you do know this cunt. This is a fucking amazing story. Okay, so Keep then going. he left um the state to evade arrest and went to New York and enrolled in film school in New York, right? And um Did he change his name? Yeah. And he changed his name to John Berger, which I don't know if he did this on purpose, but John Berger is a really famous art critic and um, he wrote ways of seeing. And he also at this time, exactly in the early 70s, he was like an established painter. So it might have been a kind of an annoying little in joke for Rodrigo himself, like oh, I'm going to call myself John Berger now. And you plebs are too stupid to realize that I'm actually making a very, very clever reference to the John Berger because I get the feeling that's who this guy is he is that annoying guy like it's said of him that he's like insanely intelligent and had an IQ of like 160 or 80 my IQ is too low to actually know what a good IQ is but I think it's a hun- think 160,
0: 160.
2: good he'd be that guy that like you just start talking to him at a party and he'd be like I have genius level IQ you know that guy Uh, Oh, book smart people. Definitely. Like, I think I definitely feel like I know him especially well for having gone to art college. I can see him at a house party. Right. And he's wearing a velvet smoking jacket. And he has just a dog eared copy of Camus sticking out of his pocket. And we know that. Yeah. And like, you're like, hi. And he's like, oh, hi. You want to see? Are you you looking at my book? No, I actually wasn't looking at your book at all. "Uh It's Camus. You know, he's just dying to tell you about Camus. Anyway, so this is like three years after attacking the little girl, right? He gets a job at an art camp for children. Beautiful. I know. Fucking hell. Um, Using a slightly different name. uh, He's changed his name now to John Berger. Um, Sex and the City fans will remember John Berger as definitively the worst of Carrie's boyfriends. If you don't include the Russian. Oh. That's a quite a niche reference. I just wanted to get it said that John Berger was the worst of Carrie's boyfriends, hands down. Okay. So, um we are so it's the early 70s. This is separately over in New York. So uh, John Berger, aka Rodrigo, um, is up in New Hampshire, but down in Manhattan, a twenty-three-year-old flight attendant is found strangled and murdered and horrible things in her apartment. Okay? So just put that over your ear because her murder doesn't get solved until 40 years later in 2011. Jesus. So, they, by this time, right, the FBI have put your man, Rodrigo, John Berger, John Berger, whatever you want to call him, onto the list of FBI's most wanted fugitives off the back of his rape of the little girl. And they obviously had a picture of him from his driving license or something like that because a couple of months after he was put on the 10 most wanted list, two little girls from the art camp saw his picture on the FBI's 10 most wanted list in the local post office and like mentioned it to somebody at the camp. Very good. Thank you. Well done, little girls. So now they've got his real name, which is not Rodrigo, but Rodney. Rodney Alcala is what he's going to be now from here on in the story. Okay. Okay. And he was extradited back to Canada. And um, they put on a trial for the poor little girl who had been raped three years before. Um, But unfortunately, her entire family had relocated to Mexico And they didn't want to come back because they were just like, fuck, no, we're not dragging her back after all the trauma she's been through. And uh, so they were unable to convict him of all the charges they wanted to convict him of. But they did manage to get him to plead guilty to a lesser charge of assault. So naturally, after all that, he served just 17 fucking months. Jesus. And was released uh, under this program that was really popular at the time that allowed offenders to be released early if they demonstrated that they had been rehabilitated in some way. So I presume Rodney had taken up crafting and had <laughs> gardening. <laughs> or, gardening. Or, gardening. or gardening. Stop trying to untarnish your little area of the Internet. He was crafting. We know it. He was embroidering in prison. And they said basket. Weaving. Oh, OK, Rogers. you can trot on. Well done for rehabbing yourself. Less than two months after his release, he was rearrested. Surprise, surprise for assaulting a 13 year old girl. Um, after he offered her a ride to school and then obviously um, just uh, attacked her viciously. Didn't he lure them in? Well, that comes later. But oh, yeah, right, OK, yeah, I d- he, he didn't with that one. Um, But anyway, he was again under the same stupid program of demonstrate your rehabilitation. He was paroled for just after two years. So anyway, after Rodney's second release, um, his parole officer um, was like, yeah, sure. Of course, you can travel to New York City, Rodney. And uh, so Rodney went to New York For a quick little spell While he was there Killed a woman called Ellen Jane Hover Jesus I know Only 23 And randomly The goddaughter Of Dean Martin And Sammy Davis Jr. Um, Totally weird yeah And like She was found um, On the grounds Of the Rockefeller estate So Just so So random So like I don't know, like celebrity adjacent. Yeah. And actually, this is a bit of a theme with Rodney. So after he came back to L.A. from his quick murder holiday um, and undetected, like she was found, but he was gone and there wasn't a scrap of connecting evidence or anything. Nobody connected it to him. He was, we're now in like 1978 and he was back in L.A. and he was working for the L.A. Times. And at the time the Hillside Stranglers, you know, those two fucks, um, who were like cousins and going around killing women um at the time, um, were kind of operating like they were in the middle of a killing spree. And Rodney was actually interviewed by police in connection with the case as a suspect. No yeah. Um, because he was just on the list of known uh, sex offenders, so this was so mad. They were actually accidentally I- interviewing a serial killer while hunting for these other two serial killers. Which again, America, are you okay? Um, so this is when what you were talking about, Jen. His photography started to become a big part of his mo. So he. W- no, he actually wasn't. It's so weird. I had the same thought myself this afternoon when I was looking through that whole cachet of um, pictures that they have the police released. Basically, he went around approaching hundreds of young men and women um, and saying he was a prote- professional um, fashion photographer and asking if he could photograph them for his portfolio. And at the time, one of his co-workers at the Los Angeles Times, um, he he remembered Rodney like showing him the portfolio and being like, what do you think of my work? I went to art college. Did you know this is a copy of Camus in my pocket? Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm super intelligent. I'm super. Did I mention that I have the IQ of 160? It's genius level. Um, And so the colleague was like, so it was actually really weird because, um, Lots of the girls were naked and posed in like sexually explicit poses. And when he asked Rodgers why he took the photos, he had said their mums asked him to. Mm. And um, that is where a weird parallel comes in with Rodgers' old teacher, little creepy McCreep face Roman Polanski, who literally, practically the exact same year, was. Taking pictures of thirteen-year-old Samantha Gailey, and then drugging and raping her. Jesus. Yeah. Charming. So also, is the seventies okay? I is, so is Rogers taking
0: picture of uh, pictures of young teens as well, or is he taking
2: pictures of adults? It's kind of a mix, but right. yes, a lot of the women in the pictures look really young, okay. and they're not all sexually explicit. Like, lots of them are kind of, like, streets... Like, what we think of as street-style shots. So, like, like lovely girls, like, out in the parks with their friends and smiling and, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a real mix. All definitely young girls, those those wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, all, His like, appetite. under 30, I would say. Yeah. Um, there okay. is the odd man, the odd boy. Oh. Um, Just to mix it up. Mixing it up. So yeah. like one of the women later described um l uh, Rodney coming to photograph her and like coming up to her and basically saying he was a professional.
1: Yeah. And
2: so she said, in my mind, I was being a model for him. And mm. um there was some teenage boys naked, um naked teenage boys. and um like, it's kind of mad because I was listening to um My Favourite Murder did an episode on this story and I was listening to that episode and uh, Georgia, one of the co-hosts, was talking about how when she was a teenager and first came to L.A., like the same thing virtually happened to her in that this guy was like, oh, I'm a photographer. I'd love to take your picture. And she like went to a really remote place with him and like let him take her picture. But like she immediately was like, oh, fuck I need to reverse out of this situation and um, I actually think it's like a crazily common story Mm. and I think lots of those scenarios escalate and the people who get involved in them they just feel so ashamed of what's happened that they don't tell people what's happened and then the guys just keep on being predators and like it's like um, like there's loads of oh recognised respected you know um photographers who people you know like Terry Richardson has had um Gak. yeah um
1: so yeah and it really reminded me like, of the this entertainment story industry of is,
2: say that
0: again i'm uh, saying that like the entertainment industry is obviously a place where this kind of behavior thrives like if we have learned anything from me too it's because it's such a male-dominated industry it's highly unregulated it's very much you know and then it's and even the women are so misrepresented in both writing rooms and on screen that they're just you know they're treated as very one-dimensional characters and taken advantage
2: of and and so often if you're in that world you're the only woman in the room yeah there's no ally to look to um like you know even it's mad but even in ireland like um you know recently there was a talk on twitter about one of the kind of um arts sectors and a woman describing a really bad encounter she was having and she was in a pub so it like all the lines are all blurred because you're mm. there with these people who are in positions of power and you want to get ahead. But but you you just want to be given a chance. Like you don't want to, you know, fucking be assaulted or whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you just invariably are surrounded probably by men as well. What it really made me think about uh, as well was like when I was like 19, I was in Paris and I. Um, I remember just answering this ad for a life drawing model, um just like you know I was just looking for money and mm-hmm. you know work at different jobs or whatever, and I went to this guy's apartment to do his do life drawing modeling for him, and like as soon as I was in the scenario, I was like, "What have I gotten myself into here?" oh my god I need to hard reverse out of this Yeah, and it was just like you know I don't know you just are so fucking young and vulnerable anyway like, like nothing happened except that I was like Jesus Christ don't do that again but like yeah. I also felt like unable to um, kind of like stop the situation because I was scared that that might suddenly escalate things yeah of course. do you know when you start like stupidly you start going oh i need to manage this now as if you could manage um, but also somebody who's you're, made you're, the decision to hurt you for example or whatever yeah
0: your fear i suppose you know when you, you kind of like you talk yourself out of the severity of the situation mm-hmm. um and then don't allow yourself to react in a way that you would if it was a very clear danger you kind of like i think there's this i suppose not Sometimes you, you, you often think, like, what would I do if I was in that situation? But when you are faced with something like this, this like natural politeness of women kicks in where you're especially yeah, yeah. managing.
2: I think because um, we've always been taught to not upset men because yeah. to for our own safety, don't upset them. Like it's mad. I remember that actually there's a point sometimes when you're in those scenarios that could go either way where mm-hmm. you're going, mm, I'm in that gray place where I don't know yet if this is a volatile situation or if I'm just being scared and so like say I remember once actually funnily enough that same summer um, being followed and being walking and being like I'm certain this man's following me but I'm not totally sure Mm -hmm. and being afraid to start running because I was afraid that would tip it over into being the scary situation so I was kind of half going oh no I don't think I should run maybe that would like That'll set him off, and uh, I'd say about the time that thought was going through my head, he'd fucking come right up behind me and wallop me in the head and push me against a wall, and like that was the end. The fucking thing was then happening. Luckily, he just mugged me. Yeah, but like, yeah, you're Luckily. in that gray But zone the thing where you're is like, that, like, I don't know if this is bad yet.
0: Yeah, but like the thing is that, like, every one of those. It, it happens so often when you're in that gray zone because like every time you are essentially in an uncomfortable environment and alone with a man, violence is plausible. Like mm. it's it's like there's this great and if, if people think that that's a dramatic like thing to say. Y- there's this great scene in wild with Reese Witherspoon where she gets she gets she accepts a lift from a guy when she's lost yeah. and like it gets really dark and like it's a really tense thing and like you're watching it and you're afraid and you're afraid because subconsciously you know that there is a man giving a woman a lift and the chances of it turning violent are extremely high now it mm-hmm. doesn't in the film but like th- i always like direct people to that scene because i'm like that is the fear that you can feel when you're on your own when you're out walking just because It's a possibility. It's a plausible Mm. thing that happens. And so much violence occurs against women that it is not necessarily guaranteed to happen, but it's likely that it will happen.
2: Yeah, as you said, it's plausible in a way that... It's because violence is a
0: constant plausible threat against women. That's Mm -hmm. just the sad reality of it. Totally. And I've
2: taken us on a side note there, but I just thought it was an interesting part of this. Anyway... Another interesting part of this is that uh, around this time, right after um, Rogers had just um, murdered the uh, the sorry the goddaughter of Sammy Davis Jr and stuff, um, he went on a reality TV show as you do. Mm-hmm. So he was a cont- amazing I know. He was it's actually <laughs> fucking amazing. I mean, and it's the first time
3: it's ever happened to a serial killer in, in this con- in a reality TV, which and it
2: won't be the last, you know. It won't be the last. I also think it's not the first time. It's not the only time. It might have been the first time, but I can't remember. Sorry. Oh in, God, you're right. In all yeah, my reading about this, I definitely came across oh, one other me. scenario. I have one in my mind. Is T- t- it's john cooper sorry the other one is a guy called john cooper who was a game show contestant and um, so is
0: rodney is rodney the like blind date contestant yes. yes fuck yes Wondery have just released an entire podcast about rodney i listened to it oh it's shit no way. Called, i listened to Amazing. the first episode it's called The dating... It's like the dating show killer. The dating killer. Oh, no.
2: I didn't know. I feel stupid now. Oh, no. Because I always like to do ones that aren't like immediately in the vicinity of everyone. Oh, well. It doesn't matter. Oh, sorry. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm sure it'd be a really good full deep dive. But anyway... He was on this uh, game show. So this is called The Dating Game in America. It's the blind date in... It's still a black. Like, that was the franchise. Mm -hmm. And um, it's all, like... It's the three... You know, bachelors and the bachelorette and the partition wall exactly as we remember with Zilla Black and it's yeah. all like in your endos they love like a real off colour double entendre and um, so for example the host uh, introduced him as a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at the age of 13 fully developed <laughs> Freaking God. so gross. Um, but also it might be kind of fun to be on in that writer's room trolling people with your disgusting puns. Anyway, um Rogers actually friggin' won this game, the dating game. Oh, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like The Bachelorette picked him, her name is Cheryl Bradshaw. She later saw him and met with him and refused to go out with him because she had an eye for a creep and she was like, hell no. Um, some people later have kind of said that this rejection might have led to him escalating because he went completely friggin' loop de loop afterwards and killed like three women in really quick succession after. Jesus. I know, the rejection. I know. Yeah. Also, random side creep that I really enjoyed. The dating game franchise was created by a guy called Chuck Barris. And in his first autobiography, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, why, Chuck? Why did you call it that? Um, he claimed... Yeah,
3: why did he call well, it Well, possibly
2: that? because of this. So he claimed that the dating game was a cover for his CIA activities and um, that the dating game was promoted by the CIA. However, his second memoir, um, The Game Show King, A Confession, um, makes no mention of the CIA, CIA and also the CIA were just like, um, no. they never worked for them in any capacity but I just loved it was such a crazy um, reach (laughs) Um, anyway after this he as I said went on to kill um, three more women um, one of whom was a 12 year old girl Um, she was um, she was sorry found in the Los Angeles foothills So in their investigation of that, they um, found out that like lots of people had seen a guy approaching people at the beach, asking to take their pictures. And she had just left the beach and she'd been on her way to ballet when she was um, taken. So they um, actually caught him on this one because they got a sketch done up of him. Um, Roger's parole officer... Finally comes good. After he let him go on the little murder holiday, he actually recognized him in this police sketch and um, fingered him for the police. Sorry. (laughs) Little dating game pun there. And um, so they did a search of um, Rodder's house and his mom's house. And they found a receipt for a storage unit that was up in Seattle. So remember, they're in LA. And so they went to the storage unit and they found earrings belonging to the little 12-year-old girl. So, brilliant, except then they proceeded to balls up two trials in quick succession. So irritating. So, he was tried and convicted and sentenced to death. The first um, uh, trial, they uh, balls up because they had something to do with not telling the jurors about his previous sex convictions properly. So they literally just had to like th- start again and throw the whole thing out. And that was in 1980 and they didn't get him back into court until 1986. Now, Jesus. he was in prison um, for that duration. Okay. But still, they just were really, they were really wanking things up a lot. And the second time um, they convicted him again, sentenced him to death. And again, the second conviction was nullified for the stupidest goddamn reason ever just basically that some witness um wasn't allowed to support Rodney's contention that the guy who had found the little girl's body had been according to Rodney hypnotized by police so yes. it's yeah. just like what anyway um they it then took forever to get the third trial together um, as in like nearly twenty years.
0: Fucking hell.
2: Yeah, but so was he. Wasn't he, in was, in, now, all that he was in prison, but they were. Um, they were at least because of this huge, long, like two-decade gap. They actually were able to match more crimes and murders to Rodney because of the um, advent of like DNA analysis. And um, so they were able to prove that um, you're one, the heiress, uh, the Sammy Davis Jr.'s goddaughter was one of his victims, another woman who was like a New York runaway was a victim, who was found in L.A. Ah. in the late 70s. They were now suddenly piecing together loads of different people. They thought one of the victims of the Hillside Stranglers was actually one of Rodney's. Again, Ah. oh my God, is America Mm. actually okay? Um, So they actually attached like about five more victims to him in that time. So I suppose in a way, it was kind of good because they actually were getting justice for some of these people and and closure for their families. Yeah. And also, you see, what they would also found in the storage unit was a huge, huge cache of like over a thousand photographs just of people, just like women, woman after woman after woman. So they started to look for cold cases among these photographs to see if he had photographed somebody murdered them and it had just been a, like it had gone into the records as a missing person or something like that so they actually started Lord. to find people through that as well so anyway you know that rodney is just the fucking worst um obviously he's very evil but i also just think he's unbelievably petty or something like mm-hmm. If he was your neighbor, he'd be contesting minor home improvements just for the sheer hell of it. So he spent all his time in prison doing like the most irritating things. For example, self-publishing a memoir called Uh. You the Jury, in which he claimed innocence in the murder of the little girl who had originally got him on the first trial, Robin Samsoe, and also fingering a different suspect. And he also sued the California penal system for A slip and fall incident, which is so him, like I can just, (laughs) so so him, I can just picture him being like, the floor, excuse me, excuse me, the floor was damp and I slipped and had a fall. And he also sued them for refusing to provide him with a low fat diet. (laughs) Anyway. Finally, they get the third trial underway only in 2003, which is insane. Jesus! And they started getting it underway in 2003. Didn't actually get the trial going until 2010.
0: Fucking but, hell.
2: Like, I do kind of feel like fair play to the prosecution and, and all the people who are just working on getting this guy. Because it means something, I suppose. Even though he's in prison and he's rotting away and filing little petty civil suits and things. It means something, I think, to get his, you know, justice for the victims and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. So, obviously, because he's just that guy, in his third trial, Rogers decides to represent himself. I'll Classic. be just Ted style, Bundy style. I'll be my own attorney. If there's ever a movie about him, Jim Carrey will obviously play uh, him. He just oh my God. Like that kind of guy. Cassie, you are so on the money with that because during the third trial... this is a very Jim Carrey thing. Uh, Rodney cross-examined himself playing (laughs) the role of both interrogator and witness, including a voice change. Absolutely. So he was doing a kind of deeper than normal voice for the interrogator. And he'd be like, Mr. Alcala. And then he'd be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) To himself and also just cuz he really is such a dick this went on for like 5 hours jesus so he did the bizarre self questioning for 5 hours um during his like closing arguments for for i just don't even know why he decided to show the jury a portion of his appearance on the dating game um Literally, I mean, he was trying to claim that it was to prove that the earrings that they had found belonging to the little girl victim, that, that they were actually his. And that his one of his um, co-competitors on the dating game, who was this actor called Jed, um, he was like, Jed will remember I was wearing earrings um, when we were on the dating game. And Jed was brought into court and was like, no, I've, it was 1978. I'd never seen a man wearing an earring. Um, I don't know he'd obviously led quite a sheltered life Jed but he did insist that I really would have noticed if you'd been wearing these earrings I mean they were dangly and I suppose like they weren't like even if you're a man wearing earrings they were like a very 12 year old girl set of earrings so it was an insane assertion to make anyway He made no actual effort to try and deny any of the other charges at all. I think he just tried to kind of like irritate the jury into believing him. Another Mm -hmm. part of his closing argument was playing them a song by Arlo Guthrie, which really (laughs) reminds me of a guy who I kind of saw briefly in college who played me songs. And he used to like watch me for reactions and I kind of feel like almost everyone's possibly nearly songs. gone. Yeah, nearly gone out with a guy like that in their lives. I like,
0: absolutely never. Well,
2: Cassie, <laughs> the guys you Surprising. dated had something else going on. They did. They did. Anyway, finally, um, the, <laughs> finally the, the trial came to an end and the jury were like, uh, just please, God, please, God, get Rodney away from us will find him guilty on all counts. Um, so, yeah, like, he was in prison anyway all the way along, but he was sentenced to death a third time in March 2010. Now, he's actually still alive because, obviously, being sentenced to death is then a whole next process of that actually coming to pass. Yeah. But he's, um, he's still on death row and stuff. And um, they said that, like... He was a sexual predator. They diagnosed him with some kind of like crazy sort of multi-personality disorder that was like malignant narcissistic personality disorder with psychopathy and sexual sadism comorbidities. So Mm. that would make a great Tinder profile. Um, The Legacy of the Carnage kind of goes on because they put all uh, they put 120 of his photographs online um after that conviction in 2010 and basically begged the public to go through them and see if they any of the women could be identified as additional um, victims Uh, like 900 of the photographs were deemed unsuitable to be made public and I've looked through the 120 that are online and lots of them are closely cropped So you can tell that they're trying to protect whatever else is happening in the picture. But as I said, loads of others are just people out and about and but it is they're eerie. They're really freaky. Like looking through them, it was just there's something so horrible about knowing that like these people were even if they were okay, even if they got away from him unscathed, they were just in this proximity to this evil fucker, you know? Yeah, yeah. They even like in 2013, a family member um, recognized a loved one from one of these pictures. I was of a woman called Christine Thornton, and she was 28 when she went missing. And her body, um, sorry, she went missing in Wyoming in the early 80s at the age of 28. And they found her like they saw the picture of her in 2013. And um, they in the state of Wyoming, T- tried to have him extradited to stand trial, but he was too ill to travel. God. But it's mad that even still, like, more people were being uncovered as victims yeah. of his. Um, so it's crazy. They are still asking for people's help in identifying the people in those photographs, even if it's people coming forward to say, that's me and I'm okay." Jesus. But yeah, it's so mad. And so now apparently I can direct you right over to Wondry's podcast about this guy. But it is a wild ride.
3: Yeah, it's a brilliant story. Oh, well, it's like, brilliant in the sort of entertaining uh, end of
2: it. But it's, it's, it's bizarre. So Absolutely. It's so that? bizarre. Like, if it was yeah. the plot of a movie, as we, like, say all the time on Creep Dive, if it was the plot of a movie, you'd be like, Saz, like, this isn't going to fly. No, no audience happened. would yeah, believe yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally crazy. And, like, the sheer... Like, I was about to say baldiness, but that is so not it. Narcissism, actually. It's narcissism. sheer narcissism of going on a game show when you're in the middle of a murder spree. Like, <laughs> genuinely. Um, Take a fucking breath. But I really, really do like the whole um, Mr. Alcala. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Alcala, where, can you tell us where you were on the morning of September 13th? I'm well, mad
0: though. Absolutely mad. I know, I know. Yeah. The Wondery podcast is called The Dating Game Killer. I'm pretty sure it just came out. It's it's, uh, it's a thing. While you're over at Wondery checking out their podcast, everyone's talking about The Tiger King on Netflix. I haven't yeah. seen oh it yeah. yet. I've only watched the first
3: episode. I think we should hold it for our, our live. See, I've also Canada. listened
0: to the Wondery Joe Exotic podcast. Which is was there a man called Joe Exotic? Exotic? Uh, Sophie, I think did you not do the story for the creep don't no, I don't think you did. Joe Exotic is is the Tiger King. He's a but he's a keeper of large cats. Ooh, it's a it's a, it's a crazy story. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for stories. Thank you so much. Um, join us on yes, Thursday evenings. It's been amazing.
3: Thank you to our new patrons. We appreciate it.
0: If you're not yet a patron and you're cooped up and you're on lockdown or you're self isolating, know that on Thursday evenings at half seven, we now go live on Zoom. It's exclusive to patrons. So if you're not a patron, sign up now and you'll get access to the videos of the previous ones and you'll get the link to join live. <laughs>